you have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 5 Code. You have 17 new messages. Wednesday, the 19th of April, at 3.34 p.m. Hey David, it's Pippin here with the next coding kind of game. I'm going to pick Quadrilateral Cowboy, uh, which was developed and published by Blendo Games. Uh, And when I say Blendo Games, I essentially mean one person uh, called Brendan Chung. Uh, who was also responsible for some really great games that I've certainly loved, like uh, Gravity Bone and 30 Flights of Loving. Uh, but Quadrilateral Cowboy uh, was released in 2016, uh, same year as Shen- Shenzhen I.O., which is, um, you know, interesting. Maybe there was a bit of a, a Cody zeitgeist going on back in the, the mid-2010s. And the pitch for this game is 20th century cyberpunk. So I guess that should be in our wheelhouses. The stinger of the game on the the Steam store is, quote, when you have a top-of-the-line hacking deck armed with a 56.6K modem and a staggering 256 kilobytes of RAM, it means just one thing. You answer only to the highest bidder, end quote. Um, And you may well remember, as I do, a time when that modem would have sounded pretty damn fast. Um, I know that the first modem we had was either a 1200 or a 2400 uh, board modem at one point. So 56.6K, geez. Um, but then oddly that RAM amount sounds a bit low to me for the time. I, I feel like computers around then were more in the 16 to uh, 32 megabyte range. So I'm not really sure what's going on there in this fantasy world. Probably don't need to pick those nits uh, immediately. Uh, so this is, you know, this is a game about being a hacker, it looks like, an infiltration expert hired for espionage kinds of jobs. Um, and going by the trailer, that's going to involve things like laser-based security systems, turret guns, hacking, little robots, lots of typing, uh, CPUs, there's uh, all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to engaging with it. Um, and... So it kind of looks like we're going to be involved in the kind of vision of code and computers where it's uh, a fantasy of effectiveness in, a, in an increasingly, I suppose, digital world uh, back then. Uh, that idea of wielding your expert knowledge to, to get stuff done with cinematic flair. And, you know, I guess I'm wondering, uh, just for a starting point, how how actually codey this game will really be. Like, will we be writing a whole bunch of code? Um, or will it be more kind of brushing up against code? And will I feel powerful and cool? Uh, will I feel more powerful and cool than when I used to uh, work for Long Tang Electronics back in uh, Shenzhen in a previous life? That's what I wonder. How about you? Wednesday, the 19th of April, at 11.56 p.m. Hmm. Boy, I'm not sure if my memories going into this are going to be really revelatory, but this is one of the few we've picked so far with Game Thing where I've played it before. I can tell you because Steam tracks such things. Um, I last played Quadrilateral Cowboy September 6, 2016 for 50 minutes, which is um, pretty much proof, pros- proof positive that indeed... 2016 was the year of the computer. I see it here. I used a computer for about an hour 
um, in that year. So just, I guess, you know, most likely I was playing it long enough to assess <laughs> whether my prehistoric computer then um, was even able to run it. I seem to recall running into a bug, getting stuck somewhere in the ceiling in the game. I remember it's something to do with heists. It obviously made quite an impression on me. But the fantasy interpretation um, that we're going with here is like one that occurred to me for this season. Uh, I'm eager to check this out, revisit it. I'll be seeing it, obviously, with pretty fresh eyes, despite my whopping near hour of experience years ago. It occurs to me that there's some funny reverberations here, because we're looking at a past game's past view of parallel fantasy past future that now we're even farther away from. Hopefully you followed them. Um, but I do remember this is a game about doing heists, and what is a heist but meticulous planning, breaking a big problem down into all of its distinct interlocking parts, etc., etc., computational thinking. We've uh, been over it before. Um, I read in an interview from 2012 that Wikipedia tells me, quote, that the representation of hacking in other video games has typically been very simplified, according to um, Brendan, and that you know, usually it's represented as color-matching mini-games, and Brendan wanted to develop a game that explored hacking in more detail. Um, another phrase I keep seeing popping up and revisiting and refamiliarizing myself with this game is extreme minimalism, or the sense that this is a game solely focused on hacking, planning, hacking, and rinse, repeat, and not much else. So I think rewinding to the past is... In this case, uh, about reconnecting with just a base sense of wonder about tech, not just the fantasy of effectiveness that you say, but just sort of the whiz-bang at the at the capability. Um, my big memory of the game is that it, it did make a bit of a splash. I'll admit it makes me feel a bit sad again to realize that the last time I heard anyone talk about this before was 2016. Uh, my other main memory of QC is that just like Shenzhen IO and all other programming games so far, I was quite bad at it. But maybe it was just my computer back then. I mean, in 2016, who would have even thought computers would still be here in 2023? But hey, they're here. We made it. Thursday, the 20th of April at 9.57 p.m. Hey, man. Um, getting on for 10 here. I played uh, quadrilateral <laughs> IO cowboy for a while today and really enjoyed it. And I, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of a relief to, to just enjoy playing a game <laughs> in a really, just in a really obvious way. You know, the, the opening of the game is really um, spectacular and cinematic. You know, you start out, you're on a hover bike next to a train. You jump on the train, you uh, use a cool device to hack open a door and a hatch, you steal a briefcase, you jump on the bike, you speed away. Um, and I think just the contrast maybe with other Cody games we've played like Shenzhen IO or like um, Comet 64 in the preseason, just that sense of having a body again and of moving around a space skillfully instead of um, you know, largely dealing in ideas and language and symbols. Um, so there's all of this movement and skill and expertise that's going on. Um, and then there's this briefcase that you grab, which 
kind of feels like a MacGuffin, but even that feels kind of awesome that you're just in this movie situation, just doing cool things uh, for the sake of doing cool things. Um, and also really impressive, I think, how how smoothly you kind of click into place, or at least it, it felt like that for me. Uh, part of that's the tutorializing, part of that is the familiarity of uh, sort of first-person uh, shooter-style navigation. Um, but then it turns out that the the briefcase isn't a MacGuffin because inside it is a computer chip that you then use to build this ultra-cool hacking deck called a Bien Jensu Simulator KDR7 uh, and then you get to use that. You go into this weird kind of VR operating system slash file system. Uh, and then you get to run a program within that virtual environment called Heist Planner version uh, 0.2, uh, where it teaches you a bunch more of how the game works. Um, and the way that the game works is largely that it's, so far, you know, my impression is it's sort of you're infiltrating buildings, so there's a whole sort of architectural component uh, and a very physical component where you, you know, have to jump up onto ledges or crawl through gratings. Uh, but at the same time, there's this interface between the architecture and computer systems, which you're able to hack into with, with another cool hacking deck that you carry around with you. So a locked door can be opened through computer code by typing something like door3.open uh, parentheses 3 to open the door for three seconds uh, to avoid triggering an alarm system, right? So I think there's... There's going to be a lot of interesting uh, back and forth between the kind of physical world and the hacking world. Um, and I, I really like that kind of, you know, computer skill in service of physical skill. So I'm excited. How are you doing with it? Is, uh, are you finding the programming <laughs> a bit easier? I hope so. Friday, the 21st of April at 9.52 a.m. Friday, the 21st of April, at 10.53 a.m. I've seen... Hey, Pippin, it's David. Happy Friday. I've seen Brendan call this also, in addition to the quote I read last time, um, quadrilateral cowboy, the, quote, guitar hero of coding, which is, hey, a comparison we can talk about because I play guitar and... Hey, that was a theoretical thing I brought up uh, <clears throat> when we talked about Comet 64. <coughs> Excuse me. But to to really stay focused in <laughs> what we're calling QCIO, um, I mean, I have to assume that there isn't the same authenticity here that I assume that we've seen in past games we've played so far. I mean, I know we're still early days. Um, I'm now two hours in, which is now... 70 minutes in, and um, going around to terminals, your portable terminal, uh, debugging, evaluating security mechanisms, typing in, telnet, turn off camera one, feels to me um, simplified, and I know Brendan, I know what we're doing here, it feels like very much the opposite of what that quote I read from Brendan before, which is fine, I have to assume I hope, I guess, like as we get deeper in, that there's going to be more complexity with veracity. Or is there anything about the coding we're doing here that sort of rhymes with the mechanics of coding as you understand them? Um, but yes, we are back to moving around in a, <laughs> in a recognizable video game world again. 
and there's a bunch of cool noir Hollywood hacker fantasy stuff going on here. There is a part in the opener uh, sequence, um, like this Alice in Wonderland type thing, you know, just with this constant obsession around games of jumping into the screen and uh, maybe underscoring here that everything is a simulation and a simulation. But um, yes, we are back in a body. Um, it's a strange body, and we can see through everything, even hit a button to walk through walls, um, which is largely an option available, I think, to just sort of help you see and optimize how you go through and uh, figure out how to hack various security mechanisms and do whatever the job requires. So uh, the other thing about the strange body you're in is that you can see every laser, camera, door, etc., and what it's mapped to in the telnet, how it's labeled. And it's been so long, I realized, since I've had to consider physical, spatial stuff in games, um, that I knew something in a pneumatic tube would trigger an alarm, but just didn't think or remember that it happened. It happened in slow-mo. But uh, something else I've been thinking about is, uh, in the context of all this uh, whiz-bang cool fantasy stuff about tech, is something I noticed, and this was like a choice that was put into the game, is that you have this sort of strange dependency or a sense of being tied to tech like um, you have to literally type exit or click a mouse button to step away from the terminal you carry around with you and there's something about that where it's like it's not like a joystick type move uh, that to me feels like in a way this is about technology dependency but uh, maybe I'm overthinking Saturday the 22nd of April at 2.13 p.m. Hey David, calling you on this Saturday afternoon, sunny in Montreal, uh, kind of a lull in the household where there's time to to think about Quadrilateral Cowboy. Um, I had to play it a bit. I, I think I just spent about close to an hour uh, looking at the Satsuma job especially, uh, which is a set of different kinds of Objectives all set inside the same building, Satsuma building. Um, and I think that the last one in particular, which I haven't completely nailed, like I've finished it, but there's a there's a pressure plate involved, which I haven't managed to not trigger um, as yet. Um, you know, you asked about authenticity and wondering whether this game is maybe less authentic than the kind of assembly language stuff we've been doing. And I mean, to some extent, right, the, the, the coding in this game is simpler. Um, but on the other hand, I actually find it more familiar to the kind of programming that I do day to day in that it has this, you know, admittedly basic representation of some of the fundamentals of coding, which is that you know, you have the idea of objects in your code, which are things that can kind of do stuff. Could be abstract, could be more concrete, but in the game it's things like, you know, door three is, a, is an object you can target with your programming. Uh, and then you have the idea of a function or uh, maybe more technically a method that can be run um, on that object. So door three dot open is a way of expressing that. Um, and then you also have the idea of parameters or values that you give to that function or method to kind of specify how it should work more specifically. So door three dot open um, parentheses three so that you're saying open door three for three seconds. So that's syntax, um, but not just that syntax, but that way of thinking about objects that you target with um, little action bits of your code 
is very, very much at the heart of a lot of what you do with, with regular programming. There, there is more structural stuff in programming um, writ large, but this is a, a very genuinely, I think, legitimate way of thinking about some of the basics. Uh, so I love that. The other thing I'm really, really noticing, and maybe we can talk about it a bit um, in your experience of it, is the relationship uh, between the coding that you do and your physical embodiment in the world. And there's all of these ways in which the game reminds you and kind of plays on this duality that you have. Like, uh, instead of the mind-body, it's the code-body duality, where, uh, for example, the deck, the, the sort of computer that you lug around with you, um, is this conduit, right? And you actually, it's a physical object, and you, you have to put it down and use it. And if you don't remember to pick it up, um, and you go through a locked door, for example, you are stuck in that room, right? Because you need the deck to talk to this digital world uh, that's all around you. Um, and I, I really like that. I think that that's, that's a really neat experience. Um, and then I think there's also this idea, you know, you mentioned it, right? This, the lasers can see the physical objects. Uh, the cameras in the world can also see physical objects such as you and respond to them. So there's this other linkage to the, to the, between the physical and the code, which is kind of negative for you, which is all of these alarm systems that can go off uh, if you move into the wrong place at the wrong time. And again, through the deck, you can speak to these things and turn them off um, and kind of bend them to your will at least a little bit uh, for three seconds at a time. Um, but most interesting to me, and I'm curious about your thoughts, is this idea of timing, um, and particularly kind of parallel timing, so that in the Satsuma job, for example, I kind of pre-programmed a sequence of actions, like open the skylight, wait for 10 seconds, open the door, wait for 10 seconds, open the door again so I can get out. And so this program is running, and I am also running uh, through the hallways of this building at the same time. So my brain is split in half. Yours? Sunday, the 23rd of April, at 1.55 p.m. Hey Pippin, happy Sunday. Uh, calling you from a luxuriously gray Chicago day. Uh, yesterday I went out and got hailed on a couple of times, enjoying this lovely spring weather down here. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, after so many games where we've had our faces buried in a console or a simulation of a workspace, um, QC is our first time embracing computational thinking as fieldwork, and it's a highly stylized fantasy workplace. Uh, it's a bit like if Wes Anderson, I guess, took a stab at doing some sort of laid-back techno thriller about, you know, a gang of uh, renegade hackers, but, um, you know, this is a world where failure doesn't really matter that much. I mean, even if you trigger an alarm, so far it doesn't seem like a big deal. Even if you fall to your death, it isn't a big deal. Uh, it just quickly resets and you can just have it clarified for you, like, oh, I should have done this instead. Like, it feels like part of learning rather than any sort of, like, whoops, shouldn't have done that. Um, but a lot of it is uh, hinging on this code body thing you're talking about, which is maybe one of the more realistic things going on here. Um, which is just how often you hear your character get super winded. Um, you know, you play as this young woman in a poncho, and you're just constantly hearing her wheezing, coughing, um, and deservedly so, as you're doing sort of strenuous stuff like jumping, climbing over walls, and, and such. Um, but I just finished the second trio of missions called the Fingerline Funicular, uh, which highlights this thing we're talking about, because it introduces the Weaver, which is a four-legged remote bot that can get into those hard-to-hack spots that you physically cannot. And so um, 
you know, you're very reliant on connecting it to a closed circuit TV that you carry around and you have to see what you can see through your bot. Um, and so there's just so much here about the relationship between physical world stuff and coding stuff. And really, I think in a way, but just how much easier it might be if we didn't have these pesky bodies, um, you know, telegraphs in small ways, like the awkwardness of not exiting the terminal correctly, like you're saying, which I run into all the time. Um, I'm usually too much in a rush to do this. I always mean to insert like a sequence of escalating beeps between commands so I can keep track of as I'm running through doing stuff, uh, where I'm at and the sequence of things that I'm opening up for myself. Um, but mainly, you know, now my mind is turning towards a question I really can't answer. I know it's one you had for the season about, like, well, how code-like are games? And I wonder what QC has to say here. Or I wonder if, like, there's some specific philosophical thing we cannot hallucinate but really closely discern um, with regards to, like, you know, QC is made in id Tech 4, which is the engine used in Doom 3, which, as I know, is about simulating physics, lighting, detail, a bunch of stuff on the outside. Um, is this a game about limitations? Sunday, the 23rd of April, at 10.02pm. Hey, David. Uh, Pippin calling, 10pm, Montreal time. How code-like are games? Um, in the context of quadrilateral cowboy, I don't know if I have a non-hallucinatory answer to that. I mean, I think one of the weird things I've found myself thinking about this evening is how the code that you write in the game, you know, something like camera three dot off, parentheses three, to turn camera three off for three seconds, like the extent to which it's plausible that that is almost like <laughs> real code in the game in the sense that somewhere under the hood quadrilateral cowboy is, you know, is written in some programming language. Um, and it's quite possible that that programming under the hood includes, you know, the possibility of a line of code exactly like that camera three dot off uh, parentheses three and that we're in some sense when we write code in the deck interfacing with the literal code that runs the pretend camera in the pretend world that we're playing in. Um, so, you know, like almost a version of you know, your deck really sends a message <laughs> to the actual game running on your computer somehow, um, which I'm, I'm finding pretty surreal. So you're, you know, you're playing a game pretending to be this epic hacker who was playing a simulation of a heist, um, and in that simulated heist, accessing the computer layer of the simulated heist, heist world to turn off a simulated camera in the simulated heist, heist world, but might really be controlling the real camera code in the real game on the computer in my living room. Um, which is to say, maybe, uh, rather than being about code, Quadrilateral Cowboy is kind of about virtuality or simulation um, and its contrasts with the real thing. Um, it, it feels like it plays with that a lot, whether it's the, you know, the blackboards about your jobs that include discussion of, of digital world building in terms of gray boxing or scripting or lighting. Um, or all of the other little nods to the real and the unreal. Um, one of which I, I, one of the things I really like, actually, um, you know, your point about the ways in which the game tries to emphasize you having a body um, through the sounds that your your person makes. 
Uh, but also these interstitial things, right, like the morning carpool sequence where you pick somebody up uh, from your crew, uh, from their apartment, and you can, if you want, walk into their apartment and see you know, their pot plants, the weights that they lift, uh, the books that they read, uh, etc. I'm kind of speaking, I think, to something you said you were interested in for this season, which is kind of the lifestyle of code. I don't know, have you been running into stuff like that too? Monday, the 24th of April, at 9.45pm. Tuesday, the 25th of April, at 1.04am. Hey Pippin, it's David. Clock just struck midnight here in Chicago, Tuesday, April 25th. 12 a.m. I shall appear in your voice mailbox. Um, lifestyle of code, I mean, I think the most I've really seen in Quadrilateral Cowboy that stood out is the phrase, quote, stay hungry in big marquee letters um, you spy across the city as you make off on your uh, hover bike on one of those carpool sequences you mentioned. And, uh, I mean, my only association with it is just, again, phonetic, as it is with most things, um, coding this season. But, you know, I'm aware that it's a uh, motivational mantra or mindset that emphasizes the importance of continuous learning, improvement, and ambition in coding or software development. And um, only other thing that really stands out is just like this relationship we see or can glean between the coders uh, and just how quiet the relationship is. Uh, nobody really says much of anything to anyone, um, which you can project all sorts of depth or meaning onto. I usually <laughs> don't like to do that, but mainly I notice um, in these small glimpses where you can see a bit about perhaps your own life, um, the lives of your comrades, um, you see this little snippet, this peek into the lives um, before the game started. You know, the lives that all these characters had together where you see they have all these different things in all their apartments, um, but they all have the same pictures on the wall, some shared memories from some time before the game started. And what all this says about the lifestyle IDK. I mean, I don't really have a non-hallucinatory answer to that either. I suppose that there's something sort of eloquent, beautiful, even maybe sad, wistful, or truthful that, you know, this speaks to about how, uh, especially the quiet, you know, the lifestyle of code may involve a solitary or introspective aspect where coders just spend significant time working independently immersed in their own thoughts and code. But, you know, it's also a game where everyone is a four-sided figure, as the name suggests. And should I take this to believe, then, Pippin, that you, as someone who knows how to code, did you, too, at one point, want to be a cowboy? Tuesday, the 25th of April, at 3.58 p.m. Did you want to be a cowboy? We watch a lot of uh, Frozen uh, in our household. <laughs> uh, so every do you want phrase is phrased in terms of that song. Uh, I don't know if that's embarrassing. That's just the way it is around here. Stay hungry 
Yeah, I've always associated that with sport, I think. Um, you know, that idea of sports players needing to stay motivated and train hard. But I guess it's kind of the same thing. And I think that that is reflected in the kind of peripheral stuff that you see in quadrilateral cowboy. You know, you've got your teammates. One of them's kind of the physical one. Um, she's always doing pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And I think the game is nicely attentive to the idea of raw physical existence. Um, you know, in terms of things like the apartments and, you know, the clothes that you're wearing, um, the dudes that you are sleeping with and that your your crew is sleeping with, playing badminton uh, on a rooftop. So there's all of this stuff that really points to a life of the body. And then... You know, I guess as a counterpoint to all of the stuff that's kind of this weird life of the mind uh, where you do these simulated heists. Um, and just the way I think that there's this implied extreme physicality because you're, you're planning these heists and on the blackboard there is a to-do item for execution um, where you would go out and physically do the stuff that you're planning in VR, um, which is the gameplay itself. Uh, but you never see that um, execution, so you never really, really do anything. It's kind of like the um, the training stuff in Metal Gear Solid, where you're in these sorts of fake environments, learning how to do stuff or figuring out how to do stuff, but the real execution is somewhere else. Um, and I think one of the things, and I, I should say, like one of the patterns of the game here is that you kind of you do stuff and then you get a new tool and you do stuff with that tool. So you get, uh, you know, you get the Weevil, which is the little robot. You get a jumping pad that lets you access weird spaces uh, or propel safes through the air, which is very satisfying, a bit like Portal. Um, and you get a gun and a suitcase. And um, I've just gotten a program called Blink that allows you to tie... Uh, blinking physically in the game with executing instructions um, on the deck or via telnet or whatever is going on. Uh, and so I wonder how much quadrilateral cowboy is about being a cyborg in some ways, that experience of not being just your body, but being a whole bunch of devices connected to that body directly or, you know, wirelessly, um, you know, cyborg cowboy stuff. Wednesday, the 26th of April, at 1.34pm. Well, to tell you the truth, I usually associate the phrase stay hungry with food. Uh, and I, you know, I assume the reason for the poncho on poncho is um, you either are a cyborg in the game or you will become one later. Uh, just all the exertion noises you're making. They're just this constant reminder of the frail human form. Uh, you hear it all the time. I think, you know, I said before deservedly, but I think you hear it, like, even when it's not deserved, like, just today, this morning I was playing, like, even tossing a screwdriver across the length of your um, workshop, you just hear, ah, ah, ah. Sorry for the obscene message, Pippin. Um, but I wonder, you know, how much of our conversation noticing the body, 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 body stuff is 
because we're coming off of a bunch of games where we had no such thing, or we just had to tune out our real ones as we play it in some computer program software pretending to be another computer program uh, console. Um, but your mention of Metal Gear Solid is funny because it, to me, highlights how, I mean, all game environments are fake, even if the execution is somewhere else. But I think, like, the way Quadrilateral Cowboy is different here with regards to code is, uh, with regards to heists, I mean, this is a game where you're doing all of the fiddly bits. Like, I think of, like, Ocean's Eleven movies, which are more about convoluted, involved schemes and disguises and coordination. And, you know, there's an attention to detail in those movies, but it isn't this. And it's worth mentioning also the Grand Theft Auto V heists, which are more about picking the personnel and your crew, your approach to each mission, and how well you can improvise as things inevitably go wrong um, based on those variables and other things you can't control. Um, in Quadrilateral Cowboy, it's more like, well, the manual is only four pages versus 47 for Shenzhen IO and eight for Comet 64, but those four pages really sort of belie or contradict like the nature of the complexity in this game, how fiddly it is. Like there's the body physical stuff, but then there's the syntax, which is um, intricate, finicky, delicate, repetitive. Like I just got the blinking tool like you and you know, there's just all this fiddly bits of projecting your intention into another gadget, which is like getting another thing to move around and approximating degrees of movement in real time onto a smaller screen. Um, and then there's the difficulty of like placing that screen down and making sure you can see it at the right angle. But in terms of fiddlosity, Pippin, like how do you delineate between these routine tasks we do all the time and like how fiddly is it compared to the programming you really do? Wednesday, the 26th of April, at 4.20pm. Hey, David. You know, I, um, I don't think I even expect to get you when I call you anymore. Uh, but that's okay. So, yeah, fiddlosity is a good, uh, good word. Definitely, um, definitely rings true in terms of stuff that I work on in code in the sense of... You know, you're right, you spend time with, you know, for instance, the remote-controlled rifle that you get to use uh, at a certain point, and a bunch of effort is spent typing in commands like turn 1, turn 1.5, turn negative 1.5, uh, just these micro-adjustments to where the, the rifle is pointed before you can fire it, uh, usually at a switch or something that you're trying to remotely trigger. And that feels a lot like some of the programming, you know, I've been doing even recently where you're sort of nudging uh, elements around on a, a screen of a game that you're making, you know, like, should I put it at pixel 10 or pixel 12? Um, although I, I will say on that front that it's still the case that in my kind of programming, when I'm making something, I think you're generally trying to find more sophisticated ways or more anchored ways of solving those sorts of problems. So you're more likely to say, you know, position this button at the bottom left corner or something like that, rather than position it at pixel 400, 200. 
Um, and you can understand why quadrilateral cowboy might rely more on the just straight up hard coded numbers because it would add this significant layer of complexity to have kind of relative positioning and, and more abstract thinking about the environment that you're in. Um, and so it is and it isn't like, like my programming, as you might expect. I think that, you know, in regular programming, the thing I, I find the most fiddly is probably more around trying to work out how something works. Um, you know, you, you need to do something, so you learn about a feature of, let's say, the game engine that you're using. You read the manual, you look at examples, you try writing some code, it doesn't work. You read the manual again, you understand something. Like, that's more the process. I guess something that, you know, Shenzhen I.O. was trying to get at uh, to some extent while also <laughs> obfuscating um, a bunch of stuff about how, it, how things worked. Uh, but in Quadrilateral Cowboy, I think it's quite clear that it wants you to understand how to do stuff, and it's more about orchestrating these sort of beautiful cinematic heist sequences that are are satisfying on a more kind of action movie level than they necessarily are on a on a coding level, uh, or at least that's my experience, you know. And also, why are all of these places we're visiting so delightfully infiltratable? You know, what's going on with these people's home security? Thursday, the 27th of April, at 1.21 a.m. Pippin, it's David. 12.15 a.m. Thursday, April 2017th, 2023. And I just got your voicemail. Not that it'll help us here. Um, as the tape starts to run out on Quadrilateral Cowboy. <clears throat> but I'm going to seriously start looking into getting a second line installed. Sorry, I keep missing you. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we last spoke, and it was good to hear from you and your thoughts on Quadrilateral Cowboy. I also have been spending quite a bit of time with the game and thought it was important, urgent, really, that I call and share my thoughts. I also was thinking... Um, after playing today, earlier this afternoon, hmm, if I lived in this house, why on earth would I put the data jack to open all my windows on the outside of my house? It seems to be inviting infiltration, huh? Uh, and then I think, if you give it a bit of leeway, there's a couple reasons for it. Uh, one is that this takes place in an alternate 1980s, uh, which is comparably a time when home security technology was not as advanced as it was today. Uh, the other, uh, perhaps too obvious thing to say is, well, this is a video game, and the low-hanging fruit of video games is a sense of empowerment, uh, satisfaction as you overcome obstacles. Um, but it also means that this is a game of hidden complexities here, uh, perhaps true of all video games. Um, the aimbot is an interesting thing because you actually can be very, very, very precise um, with these two commands um, that you didn't mention, but I'm sure you saw, which is get, pause, and set, pause, which does not stand for piece of shit. It stands for position. It allows you to set the exact coordinates. So, um, you know, like yourself, I tended to do things like 
pitch the aimbot 0.07, turn 0.07. Now you replicate these instructions over and over and over again to sort of instill a bit of control um, rather than doing these big sweeping random moves. Um, and of course there's like a great sense of control in this minutia, but you know, you look at what you're doing and you're literally, you're just moving a little blipper around, a little blipper. And I guess it all just sort of speaks to like the appeal of old school tech and the simplicity and charm of early computing. Like your average non-coding person knows what is hacking? It's mucking about in the command line, of course. Um, and it's sort of the core of creating problem solving here. I mean, I guess it's not as boots on the back crushing as other coding games we've done. But, you know, I wonder to you, Pippin, like, what is the hidden complexity here? Thursday, the 27th of April at 11.22 a.m. Hey, David. Um, no need to get a second line, I think, you know. For better or worse, just leaving each other phone messages is working fine. Um, it's a good conversation, nonetheless. Uh, sorry in advance if you hear construction outside my house, although I think a giant backhoe just drove away, so maybe it'll be nice and quiet. Uh, I totally forgot about get and set pause uh, for the rifle. That would have made my life significantly easier um, in some of the levels. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good example, too, I think, of what programming sort of tries to do, uh, which is to build layers of abstraction on top of each other so that, you know, in the dream, you just write what you want and you get it, right? But get and set pause are great because... I, what I've been defaulting to is just like, you know, like we talked about, move the rifle one degree up, move it another degree up, oops, move it point one of a degree down, etc., until I, I land on where I want to be, and then I keep speaking that language when I want to move it again. Get and set pause allow you to, to kind of circumvent that, to jump across that divide into a slightly easier language. Um, and then obviously what you want is a language you, where you say aim the rifle at the button that turns off the lasers and shoot, you know, and that would be... That would be great. We would love that. Um, but I think, you know, the hidden complexity in this is really what we've been talking about. It's not so hidden. It's the it's the body stuff, right? It's the way that Quadrilateral Cowboy um, so insistently emphasizes this idea of code uh, running against the physical world, and in particular running against your movements in that world. Uh, most obviously, there's that great level where you have to queue up a series of commands, like, you know, wait five seconds, beep, open the door, wait another five seconds, beep, close the door, etc. And you set it in motion, and then you run through the level while the code runs. Um, and there's this real split awareness uh, that is it's hard to do with your brain, right, to think about code that's executing at the same time that you are executing actions in, in the real world, the real world the simulated simulation of simulations. Uh, and it keeps doing that, right? Like the weevil is another example, the little robot where you have to kind of project your consciousness into a physical space that you are not currently occupying, uh, and you may need to get it to do things that influence the space that you are in. Uh, there's the blink ability that you get eventually that allows you to trigger uh, code by blinking. Um, so you could fire the gun while you're blinking, for example. Um, that's a lot like, like writing functions in code um, and gets at this idea of kind of encapsulating a whole bunch of like, single lines of code into an idea. You know, aim at the switch and fire can become just blink. Uh, so there's a lot of this 
And it's why the game is, is fun. It's like learning to think in this split-up way. Um, but it's also why it's, why it's hard. And I don't know if, um, if you've made it there yet, but we get to a point where we actually play as multiple people in the same heist. Um, and that's you know, an even greater splitting of, of personality and thought. Are you there yet? Thursday, the 27th of April, at 3.26 p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. Yeah, I'm there. I made it there in the game, the part you're talking about. Um, but I'm also no longer here. I'll be gone soon because we're running out of time. So I guess I'll just have to put a pin in it and assume maybe the hidden complexity was the conversation we had along the way. Um, but what can I say about Quadrilateral Cowboy in the end? It's a game about coding. It's a game about friendship. It's a game about dealing stuff with your friends, and it's a game about memory, memory in uh, all meanings of the word. Um, parting ways, I still I find myself thinking a little bit about this whole guitar hero of coding uh, intention with the game and that idea, because it was one I came up with organically um, before. Um, of course, in Guitar Hero, you're sort of quote-unquote, singing along with the music, um, with rhythmic, you know, synchronous button presses and quadrilateral cowboy. It's more like button presses as a way of thinking. Um, but I think there's, like, you know, two big clues, not that it's, like, a really a mystery, as to, like, what the game is about. You know, there's these big, big buttons on the desktop when you come in. Um, these big folders, mods and report a bug, um, which means Quadrilateral Cowboy is a game about glitches, and it's a game about uh, community. Okay, bye. Thursday, the 27th of April, at 4.05 p.m. Hey, David. Yeah, this is it. Um, we're just about out of tape, but I do think... Button presses as a way of thinking is a pretty reasonable characterization of programming as an activity, so I guess we learned something along the way. And I do think, as you've said, um, that Quadrilateral Cowboy is sort of a game about just being a person, um, almost thrown into relief by all of the code stuff and the virtual stuff, you know, those grunts of exertion which you so carefully reproduced and the life outside the life of crime that you get to see in the interstitial elements, playing badminton on a rooftop with your friends. Um, what's the experience I've had uh, at least once where I carefully shot open a door with a double switch and walked through and then realized that I'd left my computer on the other side and that I could no longer get to it and that I was just a person with a body who couldn't really get much done. Or, you know, a simulation of a simulation of a person with a body. But let's not split hairs, shall we? End of messages. Thank you for calling Game Thing. For more information, please hang up and dial GameThing.life. Goodbye.